right, guys, welcome back to the Bread and Butter podcast. I know that we have only had one episode in between the last time that I pretended to be a film critic, but what can I say? This is this is my podcast, and apparently I can do whatever I want, so thank you for coming back for another week. Things have been really good around here. I'm hoping that you guys are doing well. I'm hoping you're having the best summer, um, but we're going to do a really quick want to eat, watch, read Actually, we're not doing the read because I haven't been reading. So we're going to do a quick want, eat, watch. So start off with, I really want to make my own ice cream lately. I was one of those brides that like insisted that we put ice cream maker on our register on our register. And I had these like fond visions of making these, you know, like luscious gourmet ice creams every weekend with my new husband. But obviously, just like our waffle maker, we've used it probably twice and I am just sick about it. Like, I want to live my life to the fullest, and that means using my ice cream maker to the fullest. How cool, like, is my life that I can make ice cream at my house? I feel like I'm just, like, squandering away my time and my privilege of living in the modern world of ice cream makers. So, I'm getting back on the straight and narrow. I'm going to make some summer ice cream, or attempt it. Normally, I am, like, a chocolate with my chocolate kind of ice cream girl, but... It's time to branch out. I want to do something kind of summery. So I've settled on like a berry, maybe like a berry lemon. There are a a lot of like pick your own berry farms around here. So I'm going to go berry picking. We're going to try to make some ice cream. I feel like I'm going to be living my house on the prairie cottage dreams. So if you have a really great ice cream recipe, let me know. Okay, for our eat... We have a sandwich this week, which sounds boring, but this was far from. I will be making again very, very soon. Here's the situation. Toasted bread, chicken strips, fresh mozzarella, not shredded. Get it in like the ball. And then we're going to layer it all up. We're going to toast it until it's all hot in the oven. And then I used mayo, pesto, salt, pepper, and fresh tomatoes on top. I also didn't have arugula or I would have used that as well, but it was so dang good. I was so impressed with myself. On a separate note, I will say I'm back on my mozzarella making journey, so stay tuned for that. I mentioned that I had made it a couple months ago and I really was super excited about it. It It's a highlight of my life, but I don't feel like I've mastered it and I would love to be able to just like make it without having to feel like I'm doing calculus looking at the recipe. So. I'm getting back on the horse, getting back on my mozzarella making. I hate to keep calling everything a journey, but what else do I call it? My mozzarella making goals. On to watch. This one is kind of, I feel like a little guilty about it, but when Trenton and I were dating, he was like, I have this great movie to show you. It's like kind of artsy. It's kind of different. And I was like, say less. I will watch anything I'll watch anything with you so he brings 500 days of summer over to my house we watch it and it was the worst movie I had ever seen I was like we're never watching that again I was I was still in my I will admit I was still in my like anything you like is amazing because I'm obsessed with you and I'll do anything to sit down and watch an artsy movie with you but even then I was like "Mm -mm, never watching that again 
and I feel so bad now because he was Trent was super sad he was like this is one of my favorites I watched I watched it in high school and he begged me to watch it again for years and I finally was like yeah let's watch it and it was so good I I don't know what the difference was but I think it was genuinely just time which if you've seen it you know why that's like cool because it had been probably like five years since we'd seen it but yeah I would definitely watch that ASAP if you haven't it's probably one of the best commentaries on like dating and relationships and heartbreak and I would say like seasons of life that I've ever seen um we're skipping the read today I already mentioned that because first I haven't and second I do have some things to discuss before we jump into today's topic so we have some really hype things coming to this little corner of the podcast world like multiple very hype things I hate to be that annoying person that's like you know big things coming but I'm not really ready to announce it all at once um I'll be announcing it little by little over the next few months I say it it's not just one event it's kind of a series of events so let let it suffice me to say that there are some very cool women who have decided to be really generous with their time and they're going to be hanging out with me and you virtually and we have some really fun conversations planned that are honestly like a dream come true for me so these are people that I had on my like dream guest list and they're coming on the podcast and so yeah just stay tuned I'll be talking more about it so I'll just shut up about it for now Um, but yeah be watching my Instagram I'll be announcing that I would love any participation you guys would like to participate in Um, but yeah I'm just I'm so excited okay I'm starting to babble into today's episode we're talking about 90s movies there is nothing that thrills me more than sitting down to a good 90s movie I just, the more I think about it, it was just an unparalleled time for cinema. It was the Robin William era. It was the horse girl movie. Actually, I feel like it was like all animal girl movie era. It was a time of what I feel like are like the most iconic chick flicks. I just feel like life was good. Life was good. I was laying awake in bed just like missing 90s movies. And that's how today's episode was born. So... I asked you what movies still have your heart all these years later, and we're going to go through them, reminisce a little bit, but most importantly, I've gone through and we're kind of, we have kind of a ranking system going on, Um, kind of on a scale from one to 10. One being like, I'm showing my newborn child the night we get home from the hospital, and 10 being like, if my kid ever mentions it, I'll be like, oh, like was the 90s like it was a different time it was fine but you know we're not watching it like you know, like like day one. <sighs> here's another thing I know that like these are you guys's favorites and I realize that I'm about to like start the bottom of the list with someone's favorite 90s movie which I realize is harsh so I don't take childhood favorites lightly but this is an all winners podium we are all on the same page about What a blessing each and every one of these movies is. We are collectively cherishing them. And thank you. Thank you for contributing to the podcast for all of our entertainment. So without further ado, I hate to do this and start at the bottom, but at the bottom of our winning list 
is land before time. I cringe even thinking about giving this last place because I feel like this movie is still a national treasure. I watched this movie probably once a week until I was like 10 years old. I had the stuffed animal. My brother had the other stuffed animal. I think I had Sarah and I think he had Littlefoot. But we would play Sharp Tooth and Long Neck. I feel like the amount of time that I spent watching this show significantly hindered my ability to like learn actual dinosaur names in grade school. I'm trying to remember like what grade you talked about dinosaurs, but even today I'll be like, oh yeah, like one of those long necks or are we talking like a sharp tooth type dinosaur? And this also has to be mentioned because one of you guys DM'd me and said that I needed to look up the story behind the guy that produced the movie. Let me see actually what his name was can't remember okay ken cromar so google ken cromar utah and look it up here's kind of the brief synopsis in 2020 the guy who produced land before time was arrested with his wife because i think they like tried to get back into a home that they had been kicked out of anyway it's kind of complicated but this is the most wild part to me so turns out this producer and his wife they were arrested you know after this one thing but also a neighbor called the cops because they noticed that they were assembling like a small army to what i assume would be you know their plan was to like rise up against the government in protest of taxes what like so the police found out because a neighbor called and reports seeing a bunch of guys in this guy's backyard in cedar city utah And they are like practicing army moves. It's not funny. It's not. It's terrifying. But in my mind's eye, I am picturing like that scene in Mulan where like you see all of the guys like practicing their with their fighting poles. And I just could not help but like think it's a tiny bit funny. It's not. But it kind of is. Anyway, I couldn't believe it. I am choosing to still kind of preserve the magic of Land Before Time for myself because I don't know. It's just deep in my heart. Sarah the Triceratops is the blueprint for any sass that any of us acquired. Petrie was, you know, the time where we realized that we probably had anxiety. Um, The end song will live forever in my heart. There was also a time in my career as a florist where we got these like really crazy greens in. And greens basically are like anything that's not a flower. So, you know, anything with leaves essentially so I pull it out of the box and more than one of us at the shop was like uh is that a tree star it was it looked genuinely just like the tree star in land before time and it was just like the funniest magical moment we're like oh a tree star but it does still rank really high just for the sake of nostalgia the ending credit song But as far as storyline and other things, I just, I don't feel like I can put it up towards the top. So, also, before we move on, if you watch anything other than the original Land Before Time, like the very, very first one, I I don't know what to say to you, but I am disappointed in you. So, moving on. Next. We have Little Princess. This movie is gold. I was, I was always an easy crier as a kid, like Fox and the Hound was always a killer for me, 
but nothing could bring me to my knees more than that scene in Little Princess where like it's raining and her dad like doesn't recognize her because he has this head injury from the war that he's been away fighting in and she, she you know she's been thinking she's an orphan this whole time and then he shows up and he doesn't recognize her and she's being like dragged away by the police in the rain and she's like screaming for her dad and then he like remembers her and runs and gets her in the rain I get chills just thinking about it Oh, so good. And so I was curious what the main actress is doing nowadays because she just, she did like such an amazing job, especially like for her age. And I never really heard about her again. So I gave it a quick Google. Her name is Elisa Matthews. And she literally only acted for like a few years. So when she was asked why she didn't keep acting, she was just like, oh, you know, like it was fun, but I didn't want to make a career out of it or anything which is fine, but can you imagine like what else she could have starred in? I also love anything with Rusty Schwimmer. For any Gilmore Girls fans, she is also Bruce, the midwife in that show, and she is just gold. Um, in case anyone is wondering, this is currently on Netflix if you need a violent cry session that will take two to three business days to recover from. Go ahead and give it a watch. I'm ranking this right after Land Before Time, not because it's not amazing, but because I worry that it's not as well known. Am I wrong about this? Please, please tell me if I am, because I would love to talk about it with you. Next up, Anastasia. I do feel like this movie was responsible for all of our unhealthy fascination with the Romanovs. I have rapidly listened to podcast after podcast and read books upon books about Anastasia, and the fall of the Romanovs because I'm so fascinated still with the whole thing. I really could not even tell you why except but to like point to this movie. And I have to say, after reading the history, I, I am genuinely shocked that it was made into an animated motion picture because it's like a very bloody, like dark history. I kind of thought that when they animated Rasputin that they were like, okay, like let's just make him really scary because he's the villain in the story. But if you look up a picture of Rasputin, take some time right now. Look up Rasputin on Google. They were painting from life. You cannot tell me that they were not. He is a truly terrifying looking man. I would go so far to say, not just because of how he looks, I just have done some research and watched some documentaries. I would say he was truly, truly evil. He was messing with some really, really dark stuff. His life was also terrible. But I will say he was absolutely terrifying and he's real. I just, I still cannot believe it sometimes. Anastasia is probably one of the scarier animated movies of its time. Maybe I was just too tender, but like the night terrors, that kind of possession, like the underworld situation, that's like, that's like super scary. But always, always I came back. I stuck it out because of Dimitri. Come to think of it, I feel like Dimitri would have been a really good newsy. He was newsy material. Like, he had the hair. I just feel like if he could have learned, like, a decent back tuck, maybe thrown some handsprings, some back handsprings in there, he could have been a contender for newsies. Anyway, love interest aside, is there any better song to belt at the top of your lungs than Once Upon a December? That song is winning Anastasia major, major points. A side note, if any of you have one of those like peasant type hats, please, 
please just let me believe that it was because you wanted to look like Anastasia. You know that kind of floppy, I don't know what they're called, are they peasant hats? I'm not sure, but I just would love to believe that everyone wearing those is still like harboring this like little girl desire to look like Anastasia. So on moving past Anastasia, we're on to the animal category. It was, this, this was the time that all of the horse girls were born and raised, and I am totally, totally in that category. I was a horse girl through and through, and then I rode a horse, and I have to admit that I was not really cut out for the horse girl life. I really gave it my all. I wrote horse on every grade school get-to-know-me paper until I was 10, before I had to realize that I was terrified of horses. It was kind of a sad realization, like it felt like an identity crisis, but Kesara, I've moved on. On a separate note, what was with like the animal movies at this point in time? We were on like a major animal whisperer kick, and I had to choose one out of the categories because out of the category, excuse me, of like animal movies because I got a lot from you guys. Um, there's Fly Away Home, there's Free Willy, there's Lion King, there's Babe. Those are kind of some of the top ones in the category. So let's unpack just a little bit. Lion King, which I still feel like I could include it in animal movies. Music is incredible. Some, some of Alan Menken's best. The quotability ranks it high. Random kind of unpopular opinion. The remake of Lion King was trash. I will never allow it into my home as a general rule. I know everyone loved it, but any Disney movie that gets remade shot for shot is a poor excuse for a film, and I will stand by that. I feel the same with all of the remakes. Aladdin? Absolutely not. Beauty and the Beast I will allow just because I love Emma Watson, but Lion King? I would say Lion King was like one of those movies that I liked as a kid, and then I grew up and I watched it, and I was like, this resonates with me so much. Um, I'm getting off topic though because we have to funnel through these. Let's talk about Fly Away Home. This one is a real tearjerker for me and it was also the reason that anytime I ever came across any kind of egg in the wild, I would try to find a way to like sneak those eggs into my sock drawer and raise them for my own. It was my dream to be able to like come home from school and go check on my baby eggs in my sock drawer and find these cute little chicks that would follow me around. Um, Like on the same vein, I once rescued a baby duck from a canal, like for the same reason. And after it died, which is a traumatic story for another time, I bury it in the garden. I go to visit my duck's grave and find that my younger sister literally had dug it up and was going to go show the neighbors. She was like four in her defense, but I was so traumatized that she would like violate the grave like that um another thing why is it that like in animal movies like or why do horse girls because you know horse girls is going to cover all the animals okay not just horses but why can't horse girls have moms they always have to like lose their moms in some traumatic way and for what like the start to fly away home that car crash is one of the most traumatic starts to any movie i've ever seen like why can't they like find peace and make friends with the animals, like, with their moms. I just feel like they always have to be in, like, this wooded isolation with, like, a gruff policeman dad that doesn't understand how to, like, raise a wild girl 
and then they like connect over a horse. Now that I say that, what if Eleven was a horse girl? I feel like she fits the description. She just like randomly, we won't go down that road, but I'm connecting the dots. Maybe that's what season five has in store. Um, But yeah, they connect over a horse. But with this one, it's a flock of geese, which out of the box, I appreciate the originality. I couldn't help but love it. So I will say Fly Away Home is ranking pretty high, but it could not compete with what I chose as my top, which I didn't list at the beginning. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, the ultimate horse girl movie. It's kind of what you watch when you need a break from spirit, but you still need like that spunky girl energy in your movie night and like you're a little embarrassed that you've watched spirit so much and then you kind of like move on to wild hearts can't be broken it's kind of like it's linear in that way um the most bizarre premise ever but wild hearts can't be broken was like a staple of my childhood i already told you that like riding horses kind of scares me but can you imagine doing it blind you literally get on a running horse blind and it's also running down a diving board And the diving board is actually a high dive. And then you jump off the high dive on a horse. I just, like, people must have been starved for entertainment that that was a real thing. They're like, you know, we could do another barn dance to pass the time. Or we could just see if we could, like, teach our horse to jump off a diving board. So Wild Hearts can't be broken. It's a classic. But the movie that broke all of our hearts while also giving us unrealistic expectations of our future boyfriend's tumbling skills, is Newsies, obviously. Nothing can beat Newsies. I've become a Newsies purist because I think for all of us, especially for me, it was this pivotal movie, like, in my history of crushes. Like, I was so, like, enthralled by all of these men in, like, capris doing backflips and like tap dancing that when I saw a stage version I was like notably upset not because they weren't good but because like none of them looked like Jack Kelly which come on that name Jack Kelly it was just kind of a letdown none of them were actually a young Christian Bale that was actually the first time I had seen Christian Bale in anything and then when I saw Little Women a few years later he just kind of like clinched my love for him he became cemented it's like my first celebrity crush that I would bring out for like sleepover trivia purposes. So long live Newsies. Uh, moving on, another category that I was kind of forced to create to kind of get things under control to be able to funnel through some of these was the Robin Williams movies. We have Hook, we have Mrs. Doubtfire, we have Jumanji, and out of all of them, I had to pick Mrs. Doubtfire. It's my personal favorite. As much as I love Hook, which I do genuinely love Hook, um, that one would probably come in second for me. But Mrs. Doubtfire is going to be the one contending, so let's talk about it. Obviously, Robin Williams steals the show, but I have loved Sally Field in everything I have ever seen her in. No one can work themselves up into a, like, a more hilarious rage than Sally Field. And the quotability, obviously, of Mrs. Doubtfire is off the charts. My family has been quoting it constantly for years. Um, and then there's, I just, I feel like it talks about life and love 
in a way that I really appreciate. So yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire is really up there. Um, right after it, we have Parent Trap. As we, we all knew that this was coming because the vibes have never, ever died. Hallie was the reason that I had side bangs in middle school. She was the reason that, you know, we all ate peanut butter and Oreos and just thought we were so quirky and so cool. And I wanted to learn poker just like them. But I, I was still getting the rules down to guess who when I was like 14. So by the time that I hit poker age, I just knew it wasn't going to happen for me. I was just too behind. I was never going to be able to play bad to the bone while walking in to beat everyone at poker um, while I wore my hair in a claw clip. But the point is, we all wanted, like, the parent trap life. We all wanted Elizabeth James to be our mom. We all wanted to wear the dress that she designed. We all wanted to try floating into the middle of the lake on a mattress. I just, the amount of influence this movie had on us just cannot be ignored. Like, I was so incredibly excited to go to girls camp because I thought it would be parent trap. There's just so much to aspire to from this movie. What would we do without it? So this... This we had to rank almost at the top. We're winding down, and before we do, we have to enter the chick flick era. Because when I thought about it, I just feel like the essence of 90s movies were chick flicks. I had to throw a few of them into this category before I picked one to go into the final lineup, but here's what we are contending with. We have 10 Things I Hate About You. We have While, we were, while You Were Sleeping, and we have Ever After. So... It's going to be tough. This is not going to be an easy decision, but we're going to start with some hot takes. I hate to be this shallow, but, you know, we're talking chick flicks, so I feel like I might as well go there. I think While You Were Sleeping is one of the funnier chick flicks that I've seen, but it can't be the one that wins out for me because I have a ridiculously shallow but very, like, legitimate problem with Peter Callahan's eyebrows. I said it. It's not that he's unattractive, but actually it is. There's just something about him that gives me the willies. And I just, it's not his fault. I just feel like it took away from the whole experience. I was like, well, of course she likes Jack, which, duh, you know. But I, I'm going to have to let it fall by the wayside because of the eyebrow issue. Next up, 10 Things I Hate About You. I love this show. We have possibly... The best high school couple until Troy and Gabriella on our hands here. There is angst. There is coming of age. There is angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion. There's Heath Ledger and his hair. There's the I love you baby scene on the soccer field, which stole all of our hearts. Made me want to major in poli-sci for like a month so I could channel my inner cat. And somehow that would lead to something like that happening to me. Um, I love that it's based on Taming of the Shrew. This one is ranking really, really high, but it's going to have to contend with Ever After. I don't know if I have the strength to pair these up, but stay with me. How do you compare these two? Ever After is by far my favorite take on Cinderella. I thought I was the most edgy movie watcher ever when I was little because, you know, it has Leonardo da Vinci. It's in France. You know, she's like a reader and loves philosophy and politics. The cast is amazing, obviously. <sighs> I will say, this is probably the only role that I've seen Drew Barrymore in that I like her in. And I feel awful saying that, because I think she's the coolest. I love her. 
but I rarely like her shows. But then there's Ever After, and she just kills it. I, I really, really, really hate to put it up next to 10 Things I Hate About You, but when we line everything up, when we line the romances up, here's what we have. Obviously, the two guys both have a little bit of a slip up. We don't like that Heath Ledger is put up, you know, ask Cat out original and he goes with it. But then, you know, we also hate that Prince Harry like publicly humiliates Danielle, you know, when she's not like nobility. You know, but then they they do redeem themselves. I will say that Henry, Henry kind of making it up slash saving Danielle from slavery is is a little bit better than Heath buying Cat an electric guitar. But then again, Henry doesn't really save Danielle. She saves herself. And then he just falls down and apologizes. But the apology, I will say, it seems legitimate. He seems sincere. He changes. He, like, broadens his worldview. Um, I like that touch. I'm going to have to go with Ever After. I'm so, so sorry to all of my 10 Things I Hate About You lovers. It really is so good. I would love to have a watch party together. But Ever After takes the cake for me. And it's ranking number one for best 90s movies. So there you have it. You can send your complaints to my DMs and we can fight about it. I would love nothing more. Um, I do have something to admit though. This was a good check-in moment for me because I thought I was going to be really up on all of these, but this was by far the most submissions I've ever gotten and I realized that I haven't seen all of these. So here are some that I'm adding to my list. So please don't come for me. I will be watching these. First of all, My Girl. Haven't seen that. The Goofy Movie. I know. I feel like that's a tender one. People are going to be a little upset about that. This one is also embarrassing. I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. I, it is, it is on my list. So those three are my next up. I'm super excited. But that is all we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting. Like I said, Please keep an eye on my Instagram for upcoming episodes and guests. Um, Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Your support really means a lot. Um, And I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.